0: For professional advice with a personal touch consult fuller landau chartered accountants and business advisors click on flmontreal.com
1: welcome to today's entrepreneur a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives quebec business my name is dan delmar along with my co-host for landau's josh miller josh how are you Excellent, Dan. Great. Uh, Now we introduce our guest for the evening. It's a voice uh, that's been part of the CJD family for a very long time, Rosh Fraser. 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 Not Fraser, but Fraser. Fraser. Fraser (laughs) furniture. See, I I knew I would mess it up. Uh, Ross, welcome to CJD.
2: Thank you very much, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Nice to have you. And of course, uh, we've we've heard you on CJD many, uh, for, for years, uh, advertising with us. And uh, now we get to sort of get into uh, to what's behind this business. Um, worth mentioning, 131 years old. Dan, you know,
3: the, the show's going to go by really quickly, 131 years. We won't hear about all the previous generations, but I'm sure we'll get some great stories and even better insight. So 131 years, let's jump right into it. Ross, um, perhaps you can just, I mean, there's a lot of people very familiar with what Fraser Furniture is, but perhaps you can just set us up and explain what, what does the store do today? What does the business represent and do today? And then maybe you can take us back to some beginning.
2: Absolutely. Josh, uh, Fraser Furniture today is, uh, we have an 80,000 square foot uh, showroom with an incredible selection of uh, fine furniture and furnishings from around the world. Um, Whether your tastes are traditional, transitional, uh, contemporary, rustic, or modern, we have an incredible selection of fine goods for every room in the home.
3: Do you cater to the masses?
2: Do we cater to the masses? We we don't put, uh, I mean, I would say that our level is from the medium price point up to the high, high price point. Uh, basically, uh, we we don't go below a certain quality level because we're not comfortable putting the Fraser name on that product. But if you're looking for a sofa, say in the uh, $1,500 range, a nice starting uh, price point sofa, we have a, a terrific selection. And if you're looking to spend $15,000 on mm-hmm. the most expensive sofa in the world with the finest fabrics, we can do that for you too.
3: Now take us back uh, as far back as you'd like to go. Uh, the business started in 1880 take us back to uh, I don't know how far the beginning certainly to where you got in but maybe a little bit before and the build-up of Fraser along the way.
2: Well Fraser Furniture began in 1880. Uh, My great-grandfather and his brother uh, started out in the auction business so they were auctioning uh, the uh, estates of the Montreal's finest uh, homes at the time including the artwork, the silver, the jewelry and the fine furniture and that's where we became uh, into the furniture business um and it's transitioned over the years to to include the the sales of, of used furniture and more recently new furniture imports from around the world. So one thing the business has done is it's evolved throughout the years and throughout the generations to to change to satisfy the changing needs of our customers.
3: So when you grew up in the household, it was all business all the time.
2: Oh, not really. My my father was a fun-loving uh, character who who loved the business and loved to travel, and uh, we certainly learned that from him. Uh, it wasn't all business all the time. Um, my two sisters and and me were both were, were all uh, exposed to the business from the beginning, um, and there was never any pressure put on any of us to actually become involved in the business.
3: So, how did you get into this business then?
2: Well. I got into this business, uh, I was not the type that uh, would have been interested in being forced into the family business. Many uh, family businesses, the kids are expected to join the family business and I really wanted to go out and do my own thing. Uh, So when I graduated from Queen's University with my degree in business, uh, my father uh, was a very wise soul and at the time he basically said, Ross, uh, go out and Get some experience in the world, make your mistakes with somebody else, and if at some point in the future you're interested in joining me, I'd be very pleased to discuss it with you. Um, part of, one of the problems with a lot of family businesses is when the kids come right into the family business, they learn all dad's mistakes, dad and mom, dad's and mum's mistakes in the same way, and they continue to do them. And he wanted to make sure that I brought in a that I, if I did join the business, that I brought in a totally different perspective for the future.
1: Was it tough at that age to sort of go away from the family business? Did, did you want to sort of stick around and have that comfort factor?
2: Not at all. I was really interested in in, in moving away and experiencing the world. Uh, I ended up uh, working for Sears Canada in the Toronto area for six years. I got a terrific base from what at that time was the finest retailer uh, merchandiser in, in Canada and the States at the time, and uh, I got a tremendous experience which also very much helped me with my dad's team when I joined them because I joined with with some experience and with some uh, you know with a with a tremendous benefit in bringing into the business.
3: When you were at Sears was it in the furniture department or was it all types of
2: Not at all. I was in general management, so I was I ran various departments in the stores. I was a merchandise controller responsible for all of the inventory of one huge store. And I was a national buyer at the head office downtown for three years in my final three years uh, with with Sears.
3: You know, Dan, when we're talking about generational businesses, and you raised an excellent point before, sometimes it's an automatic, or they, they think, okay, the next one, they'll just come in. But there's a lot of wise entrepreneurs that say, you know what, learn elsewhere. Let's see what other people do. You don't come into the business, it won't be nepotism right away, uh, and go bring, and maybe when you're ready, you can come back and share that information with the family and and help us out or bring a different perspective, because just coming in fresh with no experience, sometimes there's a lack of respect from the other people around, so even then.
1: And I'm wondering what, what Ross brought back to the business yeah. with him, so I'll we'll ask him that in a second. Our guest on today's Entrepreneur, entrepreneur, Ross, uh, Ross Fraser of Fraser Furniture. It's uh, 7.15 right now on CJ.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 718,
1: welcome back to today's Entrepreneur. Our guest this evening, Ross uh, Fraser of Fraser Furniture. And uh, Josh, we're talking about uh, how Ross is fourth generation now uh, uh, in the business. And um, the interesting aspect to this is that a lot of people in family businesses feel comfortable just spending their entire lives in that one business, it's comfortable, it's familiar. Um, but Ross took a, a bit of a different route, and and he went
3: to and certainly with the with the guidance of his father, who suggested to gain some experience elsewhere. Uh, and uh, as Ross was pointing out before, he he got some experience gained at a, at a large company, uh, Sears, as a matter of fact. So, what brought you back into Fraser Furniture, Ross?
2: Well, that's an interesting question, Josh. Uh, Around uh, after six years in in Toronto with Sears, I had a a very interesting career going. I think I could have been very happy and done very well uh, within that environment. Um, When my father began to have some health problems, uh, at which time he felt that it was necessary to try and and convince me that it was a good time for me to consider coming back and joining the family business. And after looking at all of the uh, potential and the benefits of the business itself uh, it was a pretty hard thing not to accept to come back and and take advantage of uh, of the tremendous opportunity that was there to run this particular business so I ended up coming back and uh, and I haven't looked back since it's been a wonderful ride since 1984 when I joined the business
3: was it you know you were going from reporting to people that you didn't know to kind of working with reporting to I don't know what the exact structure was but working reporting with your dad was there any did you guys have similar styles how did you deal with the differences and your knowledge from an outside firm
2: well i think my dad had a very different style he was uh... he was a, a certainly a very unique individual uh, lots of fun to be around and to work with and uh... at the time when i first arrived he actually um had me in charge of a of another division of our business so i was basically running a separate division i was very involved in the general manager management of the retail uh... business in the furniture stores, uh but at the time I was actually running a manufacturing business that we had in in the office furniture area, so we weren't on top of each other full time and yet he was exposing me to all of the general management uh challenges and decisions that were being made on the overall business so it was it was a very good way to to begin
3: was it difficult to gain the respect of the other management group that was there?
2: as a matter of fact, because of my experience outside uh it wasn't difficult at all. It actually worked very, very well because I did bring uh, you know, a successful uh, experience with me and some new ideas to the table that they were very interested in having me involved in the team at that time. So it worked out very well.
1: And what were some of those new ideas? And was there any resistance to change? Often with the younger generation, we see, especially with technology, uh, we see that resistance.
2: Well, there wa- there there wasn't a tremendous resistance to change. I mean, I I, I b- virtually arrived in the business to learn the business, the way it was running at that time. Uh the challenge I had was I was I, I was working in one aspect of the business and for for a couple of years and probably the biggest mistake that I made uh since I joined the business was I didn't I didn't uh ask my dad all of the detailed questions about the business that I should have because in 1986 uh about a year and a half later he had a debilitating stroke which left him unable to communicate and he lived for three more years Un, 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 unable to communicate, and I didn't. I didn't unfortunately have the chance to pick his brain the way I would have, you know, had his health continued to be to be strong. So,
3: so was there was there any specific item, uh, you know, coming back to Dan's question that you brought in that was new to Fraser Furniture that really seemed to to work well?
2: I think I mean he had the experience on the merchandising side and the purchasing side around the world he had developed relationships across Europe and the states with with the finest manufacturers so that was terrific I guess I brought a younger spirit of management into the organization my people uh, ideas of managing our people were were a bit different from him Uh, he he came through the war years he was an officer in the second world war and I was a much more management by you know, by by proxy with our management, by 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 teamwork, and uh, I, I I've always believed that uh, if we surround ourselves with great people, you know, let them be a big part of the decisions, and uh, and in that way they buy into it, and we are a much stronger business because of it.
1: Ross Fraser, our guest on today's Entrepreneur at 7:23 on CJ80.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur and uh, Josh. Just like last week, we have a family business uh, tragedy strikes, and then the next generation now is is supposed to uh, pick things up and continue on. And and Ross uh, Fraser of Fraser Furniture. Um, tragedy struck your father and then you find yourself in this, uh, in this business. Obviously, you couldn't rely on his expertise. So, how did you get through that and, and how did you learn the business?
2: Well, uh, I was very, very fortunate in that uh, when my father uh, had his illness, I, I ended up uh, taking over his very experienced management team. Uh, I had the benefit of uh, his uh, controller who'd been with him for 37 years, his store manager had been with him for 35 years, his office manager had been with him for 40 years. So I was able over the the subsequent few years to uh, get all of the details in the running of our business from his key people who he had trained very, very well. So it was a very... Uh, It was an unfortunate uh, situation, but I was able to take advantage of the experience that we had within the organization. I'm
3: sure they were used to your dad's style that was likely quite different than your own. Can you describe the differences and how you kind of used your own to to get in?
2: Well, my dad's style was probably a lot more autocratic uh, than than my style. I'm I'm very much a, a, a... believe in democ- b- democracy within a management team. I don't claim to have all the answers. Uh, I, I've surrounded myself with a, with a great group of, of young uh, management uh, people that have some great, great experience. And I feel that a collective decision on most things is far better than, than, than me drawing straws and hoping I've made the right decision. So I, I very, very much believe in, in making decisions using the experience of the group around the table.
1: How was the transition for them, for the employees? Uh, did they take it well?
2: Uh, the employees did take it well. I mean, I think I think uh, I've tried to establish a culture of teamwork and uh, and uh, that everybody gets tremendous respect in our organization. Now, we're a big big organization, but still small enough that we have most people in most positions. We only have one person doing the job, so it's very important that they understand the importance of that position and that they they take responsibility for it and i very much try to instill that kind of a culture in the business and uh... i mean we're in the customer service business we're in the relationship building business with our customers so it's really important that Every customer that walks in the store feels the same appreciation from anybody they might come across in their in their visit to our store. So
3: you had the management team to to get close with and learn the business. What about the the operator? Like you, you no longer had your dad maybe to bounce ideas off of, or perhaps be your mentor. Were there any people outside the business that you ended up relying on or, or helping you out?
2: Absolutely, we were very fortunate. My father uh... having been a harvard biz- business school graduate was a firm believer in having an outside board of directors for a family company so we were very fortunate in that when i took over for him from him i had a very experienced board of directors who were there uh... to assist me and to uh, bounce ideas off uh... We we're very fortunate to have uh, Stephen steven uh, montreal's very famous investment counselor uh... has been on our board of directors since uh, nineteen fifty five i think He's been a tremendous help to me over the years uh, in in guiding us and moving us in a positive direction. Uh, Mike Forsyth, uh, who is the former uh, uh, Chief Financial Officer for IntraWest, uh, was a classmate of mine at Queen's. He's been on our board for many, many years. So I have some very strong financial minds that are there to assist me. Uh, My forte is not the financial side, side of the business, so I felt it was very important for me to have a strong base on the board of directors.
1: And certainly when you're running a business that's 131 years old, uh, certainly a lot of issues to deal with there, uh, certainly a reputation to maintain and an image to maintain. You recently underwent uh, an image change, Ross, and we'll talk about that after the break um, and how how that worked and how that played with the customer base as well. It's 7.30 on CJD.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Inspiring stories from outstanding business people. This is today's entrepreneur. My name is Dan Delmar along with Josh Miller of Full Landau. And our profile this evening is Ross Fraser of Fraser Furniture, a name very familiar to CJD listeners, of course. 131 years in business, Ross. It's really incredible. And uh, your company has seen uh, many recessions over the years, even a depression, mm. obviously. Uh, now, you came into the business um, on the uh, around uh, the uh, one recession. Uh, in the early '90s, um, tell us about your experience there, and uh, tell us about how the business is adjusting now uh, during the current economic climate. Uh, is it tougher, uh, easier than the last recession, and how are you coping?
2: Well, Dan, the the recession in the early '90s was a very, very difficult time uh, for us as a business, and for most most retail businesses, uh, we found that uh, for the volume of sales that we were having, we had one building too many. Our main store was over on De La Savanne, not far from our current location, which we were leasing, and I had bought the, uh, the b- building on Devonshire Road, 8300 Devonshire, uh, in 1989. And uh, at that point, we realized that we had the space in our own building to move our entire store into the building. Uh, so we did that. Uh, we still had three years remaining on our lease on uh, De La Savanne, which we continued to pay and uh, and we, we lived up to our commitment for the three years with that. But in moving our main store into our own building, we, had, we uh, were able to achieve some real benefits for our customers. First of all, uh, we had all of our merchandise under one roof instead of two stores. We had one location with our entire selection. We also had our warehouse and service department on-site right there, which was a tremendous benefit to our clients. Um also in doing that we were able to uh to reduce our uh, our operating costs by about a half a million dollars which helped us ride through a very diff- difficult recession until the mid 90s.
3: Is that something you feel you were proactive about or was it very reactionary?
2: I think we probably if we'd made the decision a year earlier it would have been a good hmm. thing but uh, these things you never you never uh, we don't have a crystal ball it's difficult to know and i think our timing on doing it was was perfect uh, it ended up uh, working out very very well for us uh, our customers uh, have gotten to know us at our devonshire location and we can provide all our services under one roof with a, which i think is a tremendous benefit to us as a business and to our clients
3: i would i would imagine one of the issues that you deal with not just recession but all the time is because you have so much i mean you mentioned eighty thousand square foot uh, of floor space there's a lot of inventory. There's a lot of goods, a lot of purchasing. Uh what are maybe some of the uh inventory management processes that you've improved along the years?
2: Well, inventory management is a is a is a uh, a real challenge for all uh all case goods retailers like ourselves. Um it's it's always a challenge uh when we're out buying at the markets around the world trying to find unique uh, quality furniture for our clients uh... we have to buy from many different tastes uh... if we if i just bought what i personally uh... like i would probably look after five percent of our clientele so we are looking for beautiful things that cover many many different a broad spectrum of of looks and styles and we have to do our best to buy to the best of our ability the things we think we can sell in the market would like to have it's constantly a challenge uh, every buyer in this in this uh, arena uh... makes some very good decisions and make some decisions that don't work out the ones that aren't as popular as we hope they might be they become our markdowns and our loss leaders that drive our sales and drive a lot of clients into our store also so it's an important uh... piece of that uh... that equation as far as w- how things have changed certainly with technology uh... we can have a much stronger tracking of which uh, which purchases which styles which manufacturers uh, are performing better and also uh, you know which ones we can make a better margin on than others so technology has helped us a lot in analyzing the purchases that we made and the success we've had Do you
3: measure pretty much everything that you do
2: We try to measure it uh, in the best we can a lot of it is gut fi- feel you still you arrive at a market and you see a new collection and it's your gut feel. Is it different enough from what you have? Is it different from what the rest of the market is showing? Is the price point correct? Is the quality right? Is the finish right? There's many decisions. It's not, you cannot have a computer make your decisions for this kind of purchasing. It, it's gut feel and I'm I'm fortunate to be surrounded with some uh, some quality design people in my, my marketing manager and my design director and we do the purchasing together.
3: Now, Fraser Furniture that's been around 131 years, I imagine the style of product that you've been offering has changed over the years. And and Dan alluded to before about an image change. How do you take a 131-year-old company and make it fresh? I would imagine that it's not just product, it's image, it's a little bit of everything. Maybe you can explain to us how Fraser Furniture freshened its look.
2: Well, Josh, we we came uh, through uh, the the 2000s uh, where it was a very good business time for most retailers. Uh the challenge was it w- with it was uh we didn't have we were so busy keeping up with our d- deliveries, we really didn't have time to evolve our business. And Fraser Furniture over the years has constantly tried to evolve for the changing markets and to be a leader uh, as far as the trends and that kind of thing went. Uh when the recession hit in 2008 when the markets uh uh, changed forever. In 2008, uh, we were forced to take a hard look at what we were going to do moving forward. So in uh, 2009 was a difficult year for all retailers. In early 2010, we made the decision um, w- at a period when most most retailers were cutting costs and eliminating uh, uh, employees, etc. I decided it was a great time to reinvest in our business, to use our team, to make all of the changes that we never had a chance to make. So we decided to look in every department, at every every thing we do in business, and see how we could be better, and how we could provide better service for our clients. So in that, we went through a whole process of analyzing our our, our merchandise selection, our relationships with our suppliers, um, the service we were providing to our customers, and we decided that it was a perfect time to refresh the business, rejuvenate the business. We realized that. Uh, trends were getting more contemporary, our store had more and more contemporary furniture in it as we were following the trends and leading the trends. And we realized that uh, that it was time for Fraser Furniture to refresh itself to become attractive to a younger, more contemporary client.
3: Is that a, a group effort or is that a single person's vision?
2: This is a group effort. Uh, the market was certainly moving in a, in a different direction and we had to make sure we were at the forefront of that. So in, in conjunction with my uh, my sales and marketing manager, uh, and other key people within the business, we developed we de- developed a plan uh, to refresh ourselves so that we would remain a relevant uh, a relevant business for you know for the furniture consumer of today.
1: Many entrepreneurs would would think that'd be a, a very risky move to do that in the middle of a recession to to, to do the energy the expense to go through that. Uh, why did you decide to do that now?
2: I felt uh, it, it was the perfect timing. You know, fortunately, we're very strong financially, so we decided to use our resources to reinvest for the future. Now's the perfect time to do it at a time when, when most stores are not spending any money at all. They're just hanging on for dear life. We felt it was a perfect time to reinvest, uh, reinvent ourselves. Um, and the process, it went through all of our selection of furniture, etc., but it also we also ended up uh, uh, putting our... Corporate logo on the table, our our branding, which was something that was very close to me. I loved our our traditional branding, but we put that on the table, and the expert told us that uh, you know our our current branding was certainly very strong, but looked very traditional and very expensive. And these are things we, if we're very interested in attracting the 35 uh, year old doctor, lawyer, scientist, whatever, we would a younger brand would be much more helpful in getting them to walk into our store.
1: And I take it the costs of rebranding and sprucing up your image uh, are lower now than they would be if we weren't in a recession.
2: Yes, probably. It was more a perfect time internally because we had the people and the time to really do the job correctly. And we also uh, worked with uh, the outside creative uh, people. Uh, Rinaldi Communications did all of our branding with us, and we had a, a very positive process as we challenged each other to create a brand that was reflective of Fraser's history and its solid, uh, you know, solid uh, experience, and also with a with a nice refreshed brand.
1: Coming up in a second, we'll bring in uh, Michael Newton to the conversation, managing partner at Fuller Landau. We'll discuss a bit more in depth, uh, Ross, about family businesses and especially making that transition, uh, just like the one you went through, uh, taking the business over from your father. Ross, a Fraser, a Fraser Furniture, uh, more on the way on today's Entrepreneur at 7:45. <laughs>
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Today's entrepreneur, uh, Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. Our guest this evening, Ross Fraser of Fraser Furniture. And we also bring in Michael Newton to the conversation. Michael is a managing partner at Fuller Landau. Welcome, Michael.
4: Thanks for
1: having me. And uh, so we're going to chat a bit about uh, family businesses, in particular making that transition. Josh, the one that, that Ross made with his father.
3: You know, and in, in 131 years, Ross is the fourth generation. But what we didn't ask, and we won't ask just yet, but maybe there's a fifth generation. And what I would turn to to Michael and ask him, uh, with the you know with his experience in dealing with transition of family businesses, is when you when an entrepreneur is thinking about succession and thinking about the next generation. What are some of the things that he might have to think about or some of the obstacles he might have to overcome when trying to bring his kids into the business?
4: Well, I think one of the first things you have to look at is are the kids capable of going into the business? Do they want to be in the business? Uh, there's a very uh, ugly term. It's called pruning the family tree, and unfortunately, in many cases, that ends up being the story that uh, that has to that has to follow through. That fit has to be there. That the individual needs to uh, to want to go into the business wants to, has to be capable of doing it. It's nice to know that you know the next generation is uh, is really high on doing it, but do they have the capabilities? And I think that the the parent who's in charge at the time needs to look at a couple of things. Uh, one of them, as I said, the fit that 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 individual. The other really is where should that child start? Should that child come out of university and start in the family business or should he or she uh, be sent away to work for somebody else to get some experience? And there's a couple of things that, that really come into play. One of them is if they go somewhere else, the moment they walk in, they walk in with a level of credibility uh, that they don't really get if they pop out of university and have been working and shipping for 10 years and all of a sudden uh, find their way into, uh, into the executive suite uh... when uh, everybody looks around and goes hey wait a second uh... you know generation two three or four or little johnny all of a sudden is taking over and has really got no experience so i think you know a lot of uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs really have to decide whether they actually want to send their kids away for a little while which is a very difficult uh, difficult decision to uh, to be made but it's definitely something that has to be considered
3: well i guess it's also a question of are they thinking longer term or are they only thinking in the immediate and But what about the styles? I mean, certainly mom or dad that's running the business today might have a very different style from Johnny or Jenny that might come into the business tomorrow. How could they maybe overcome that?
4: Well, I think that as... as uh Parents uh, who have children, ultimately those children try and push away and do what their parents didn't do when they become parents. Uh, I think you see a lot of similarities once they hit the, uh, hit the floor in the, in the business in the sense that some of them want to say, well, dad was too dictatorial or dad was too autocratic. I'm going to be a little more democratic, a little more friendly, a little more client relation, a little more personnel relation. And sometimes they overcompensate. Uh, And it takes them a little while to kind of fit through. If you happen to be lucky where that next generation stays on and that transition is relatively smooth, what you end up with is you end up with um, kind of finding the middle road I think at the end of the day between dad and, and, and maybe your overcompensation. The problem you have or the unfortunate situation you have is when somebody is thrown into a situation unfortunately due to illness or sickness. Uh, or death, when somebody all of a sudden has to turn and say, Hey, wait a second, uh, do I come in and be like dad or mom, or am I going to really try and assert my own style?
1: Ross, did, did you feel the need to find your own style, or did it just work out that way best on, on your personality?
2: I, I don't, I, I think I might just let my personality take over. Uh, my experience uh, in management was, you know, was of a certain way, and uh, I wasn't comparing myself to my father. I was working with a great group of people, and we just, everything just seemed to flow from
1: there. We'll uh, get your words of wisdom for Today's Entrepreneur in a moment and talk more about family businesses with uh, Michael Newton. It's uh, Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD. at 7.53.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Remaining moments of today's Entrepreneur, our guests this evening, Ross Fraser of Fraser Furniture and Michael Newton, managing partner at Furla Landau. We're talking about family businesses and making that transition, Josh, and uh, how uh, there could be some complications on the way. And, and uh, you know, Ross took over from his father. And, uh, well, let's look ahead now, uh, Ross, and, and what, uh, what's going to happen uh, when it's time for you to step aside. Have you thought about that yet?
2: Well, it's something obviously that uh, does creep into your mind, uh, since I'm uh, past my mid-50s at this point in time. Uh, I do have uh, three uh, very talented young boys, uh, 21, eight, sorry, 21, 19, and 16. Uh, the question is, uh, you know, will they be interested? Uh, we've exposed all three of them to the business over the years. They've all worked and helped out and are very aware of, of the business, but uh, it's very hard to say whether their careers and their interests will take them in the direction Uh, of being interested in taking on the family business and, uh, as Michael said, whether they would be capable down the road of of taking it on. So it's a question that that we're asking, but there's no guarantees in in this kind of situation.
3: And gaining the right knowledge is not always the easiest thing, Michael. When when kids are coming into the business, uh, have you seen ways or methods that have worked for them to gain knowledge, whether it's inside the business or outside?
4: Well, I mean, if you're going to ask my preference, the first is to try and get some experience outside the family business for a couple of years, just to kind of get their feet wet, uh, understand the environment that or the working environment that doesn't show any preferential family treatment. And that could be good or bad in many cases. I mean, sometimes you're overly difficult or overly harsh on your kids in, in your own business. So I think that's important. Uh, the other thing I think that I, that I like is, you know, the concept of having the Family Business Council or having the board uh, assigned. I think there's a lot of expertise that's going to go into that, that comes out of those groups that ultimately provides a, a sounding board I think for the next generation because the reality is let's face it the next generation's goals and objectives and the way they see life is certainly not the way their parents or their grandparents did and what drives them can be very different doesn't mean they can't be successful doesn't mean they can't um, you know the, toe the line but uh, I think ultimately at the end of the day I think they really need to be looking outside I think the younger generation comes out much more educated than previous generations Sometimes that comes with a little bit of arrogance that uh, needs to be dusted off of them. Uh, And sometimes working somewhere else will do that.
3: And sometimes they listen to outside people, as you said much better than they would their
4: own parents. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's clear that uh, if I'm trying to get a message across to my kids, it's much easier to have somebody else give it to them than it is for me to give it to mm. them. So I'm sure there's no difference once they hit the uh, hit the workforce. I'll mm. remember
3: that next time I see them. Yeah, you, you do Ross- that. I'm sure they will too. <laughs> 131 years. Uh, I know you haven't been there, but for the, for the many years that you've been there, uh, what one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur?
2: Well, Josh, I, I think I would say uh, work hard. Uh, nothing is easy. No, nothing worthwhile comes easily. You have to work hard for it. Uh, be passionate about what you do. Uh, surround yourself with the best people you can find. Train them really well. Respect them and trust them. Give them responsibility and trust them. And they will, they will go to the ends of the earth for you. Also, uh, always remain focused on the consumer. The customer is your lifeblood. Uh, it's very important to remain focused on the consumer, and the consumer is changing, the tastes are changing constantly. Don't be afraid to change and evolve your business as you move forward, because it is absolutely necessary to remain strong.
3: And Dan, the takeaway I get from this, and there's so many things to learn, we've only even touched the surface of the story, is that you trust the people around you, gain their knowledge. You don't. The entrepreneur cannot know everything. Uh, we certainly learned that in Ross's story, where he came into a business, he used the management team. He was he worked with the management team, worked with the people around him, outside advisors to gain that important knowledge. Trust those people, as he said, gain that knowledge, and only everybody can be better off. All pushing in the same direction.
1: Ross Fraser, Fraser Furniture. Uh, really interesting to hear a story and get uh, get the story behind. Uh, what we've uh, all heard for years here on CJAD. Uh, thanks so much for coming in tonight.
2: Thank you very much, gentlemen. It was my pleasure.
1: And there's so much more, Dan. Maybe it'll be another show one day. I think we'll need a part two eventually, We Josh. might need a part two. Uh, Michael Newton, a managing partner at Fuller Landau. Thanks again for your advice on family businesses. And uh, we'll talk next week. Thank
3: you very much. Michael, be, Michael
1: will be here next week. He will, filling in in the big chair, Josh, uh, filling in for you. So uh, tune in uh, next week to today's Entrepreneur. Uh, don't forget Fuller Landau's website, rather www.flmontreal.com. Have a good night.